Development for Pacific Coast City began in May of 1997 along the coast of Northern California. Original development spanned over 65 square miles and included 50 beachfront and hillside condominiums available for purchase or rent, all of which overlooked the state's rocky coastline. Pacific Coast City was scheduled to open by August of 1998. Unforeseen circumstances, however, would delay the project. Mitchell was aware that he had exceeded the speed limit. He wasn't concerned over another ticket. This would be his third of the month. Kelly sat in the passenger seat disguising the embarrassment she felt from her boyfriend's natural arrogance. The police officer handed him his license and a citation through the driver's side window. Any relation to Charles Kerwin? The officer asked. He's my father, Mitchell responded with his eyes on the road ahead. That might explain what you're doing out here. The officer leaned low, smiling at Kelly through the open window. Yep, Mitchell replied shortly, his eyes still forward. We wanted some alone time up here before everything opens up. Kelly said with a kind grin, looking the cop in his eyes to make up for her boyfriend. They ain't even on the grid yet, are they? The officer asked. Mitchell didn't respond as though he embraced the awkward silence. Well, you two take it easy, the officer said with his hand tapping the roof of Mitchell's sports car. Be careful out there on your own. No one's in that area for quite a few miles. You sure your dad's okay with you two out here alone? Mr. Kerwin's cool with everything, Kelly assured the man. We'll be careful, though. Thank you. They were still an hour away from their destination. They traveled a two-lane highway which wound back and forth for miles along the California coast. Outside the driver's side window, the Pacific Ocean spanned below the cliffs which bordered the narrow highway. Kelly enjoyed the scenery as they drove. Her boyfriend paid the view little attention as he pushed the borders of safe driving. Charles Kerwin was a key investor in the Pacific Coast City project, which was slated to open up this summer. It was Mitchell's idea to spend the weekend at his father's nearly completed multi-million dollar investment, sort of a comfortable camping trip. Most of the major construction on properties had been completed. Soon, electricians would begin work on installing wiring to bring electricity. Oh my God, this is beautiful, Kelly exclaimed. They drove down a gravel driveway towards a modern looking condominium. The two-story building oversaw a seemingly endless marsh which bordered along the coastline for miles. Beyond the narrow marsh sat an empty beach. Each end of the beach was labeled with a rocky bluff jutting out into the rough coastal waters. The gravel driveway they parked upon connected to a recently paved roadway which linked the other nearby condos into a small neighborhood, just one of the many neighborhoods which made up the PCC project. Magnificent hills coated with luscious trees overlooked the entire scene. We get this whole beach to ourselves, Kelly asked her boyfriend, squealing with excitement. The whole beach is ours. Hell, the whole town is ours, Mitchell responded, finally cracking a smile. Kelly wrapped her arms around her boyfriend. Being the son of Chuck Kerwin, Mitchell had always provided extravagant gifts and surprises. This was different though. This was an entire Oceanside community and it was all to themselves. Maybe we should stay for a whole week, she joked. 
Two days without electricity is enough for me. He kissed Kelly's cheek and approached the front door while she gathered their bags from the back seat. Kelly was removing a bag of groceries when a crash of shattering glass rang out. Mitch, are you okay? She called out and jogged towards the house's entrance. A solid wooden door with a stained glass window stood ajar. A smattering of broken glass lay below a shattered side window. It was locked, Mitchell yelled from inside the house. She walked through the open door and was greeted with a breathtaking view. The entire back wall was made of glass, with a sliding glass door built into it. Outside sat a large deck over the marsh and aimed towards the ocean. Mitchell faced the view, finally showing appreciation for the landscape around him. A drop of blood ran down his middle finger on his right hand. Are you okay, she asked, embracing him from behind. I just cut myself getting in, he responded coolly. Let's unpack and head to the beach. After unpacking, the couple spent their afternoon on the beach under an overcast sky. The coastal waters were much too cold to swim, so neither did more than dip their toes in. The open ocean carried a crisp breeze into the mainland, requiring both to wear an extra layer of warmth. Despite the chill, the thrill of having an entire beach to explore passed the time more quickly than either realized. As the cloud cover over the distant ocean began to glow red from the setting sun, Mitchell suggested they return to the condo. With no electricity, the couple had planned accordingly. Mitchell brought two grocery bags worth of cheap glass candles. Another bag was packed with snack foods, which the couple would live off of for the next two days. After setting an array of burning candles throughout the main room, Mitchell opened a bottle of wine which he had stolen from his father's wine cellar. Together they drained the bottle on the rear deck. Soon blackness consumed their view, and only the sound of crashing waves filled the night air. Let's go on a walk, Kelly suggested with a tipsy smile. Right now? How about another bottle, Mitchell asked, wrapping his hands around her waist. It's still early. We have all night to get drunk, Kelly pleaded. Let's just go around the block. Knowing he wouldn't win this battle, he agreed to only a brief walk. They walked the narrow roads which connected cul-de-sacs of empty condos. The dark hills to the east blocked out any starlight from that direction. The wind carried a chill, but also cleared the sky from cloud cover for now. With no light pollution for miles, the night sky was decorated with an impressive display of stars. Each with an arm around the other, the couple meandered along the empty community in darkness. Mitchell held a flashlight with his free hand. The night was quiet, aside from the sustained sounds of crashing waves. That's strange, Kelly said. Her stride slowed to a stop, which in turn halted her partner. What's up, Mitchell asked. I saw a light flicker in one of those houses, she replied, pointing one cul-de-sac over. That's not possible. There's no electricity, Mitchell said, literally waving the notion away with the arm he used to hold the flashlight. No, I swear, there was a light. 
Well, I don't know what to tell you, he said calmly. There's no way Kelly had seen what she claimed. Want to take a look, he asked, pulling her in the direction she pointed. I thought you didn't want to go for a walk, she teased. Her boyfriend didn't hear her, though. His eyes were focused on the dark road ahead. What the hell, Mitchell began. Something moved slowly down the middle of the roadway. Kelly now saw it too, and leaned into her boyfriend nervously. Let's go, she said, not wanting to encounter any of the critters that come out at night. No, wait, he responded. Pulling her closely, he aimed the flashlight towards whatever was crawling down the middle of the road. Kelly could now make out the messy dark hair of a woman. Her hands reached out to pull her body along as she crawled. Mitchell jumped backwards so forcibly that he almost pulled his girlfriend off her feet. Please, the woman pleaded with a weak voice. Please. She reached one of her hands out towards the couple and turned onto her back. Her voice was strained and her breathing labored. Kelly sprinted towards the woman in the street. Her nose recognized the stench of iron before her eyes could identify the amount of blood there was. Oh my God, she's hurt, she shouted. Mitch, she's bleeding. Mitchell can now see the dark stain across the woman's abdomen. Her shirt soaked with blood. He aimed his flashlight in the direction she had crawled from, and a dark trail of blood weaved down the empty roadway. You're going to be okay. Kelly assured the woman with an uneven voice. They carried the injured woman in the direction of their car. Mitchell walked backwards with his hands carrying the stranger from underneath the armpits, while Kelly held her by the feet. What had seemed like a brief stroll before now seemed endless. Finally, they reached the gravel driveway. The burning candles from inside their condo glowed ominously through the windows. They carried the woman to the front porch and laid her down carefully beside the front door. Mitchell sprinted inside for his car keys. Kelly kneeled down beside the bleeding woman with tears and snot streaming across her face. The woman's eyes were open and her breathing was shallow. The source of the stranger's bleeding appeared to be beneath the belly of her shirt. Carefully, Kelly peeled the blood-soaked shirt from the woman's midsection and recoiled at what she saw in the available lighting. What happened? Kelly asked while squeezing her hand. The woman responded through a rattled voice. They hurt me. Who hurt you? The woman closed her eyes, laying in silence. Her chest barely rose through her weakened breath. From behind shut eyes, the woman mumbled her last words. Kelly leaned in close enough to make out what she whispered. They know you're here. Mitchell threw another bag from the counter, adding to the mess he had already created inside. He tossed their bags around in a panic, but in the dim candlelight, he could not find his car keys anywhere. He moved about frantically, trying to figure out where he had left them. 
Kelly ran through the doorway with a look of terror spread across her face. She slammed the door shut behind her and turned the lock. She's dead, she cried. I can't find the fucking keys, Mitchell screamed, the terror in his voice obvious. As he continued his search, Kelly told her boyfriend what the woman had said before dying. Someone killed her, Mitch, and what if she's right? What if they're here? What if they know we're here? Then we need the fucking keys, he responded, while kicking aside the mess at his feet. Kelly grabbed him firmly by the shoulders and spoke with a serious tone he had never heard from her before. Mitchell, I don't think we're safe. He halted his search as he processed everything. He looked to the impressive back wall which led to the deck. In the glass, he only saw the reflection of burning candles highlighting the mess he had made in his frenzied search. A chill flooded up his spine at the thought of somebody looking back at him from behind the glass, invisible under the cover of night. We need to put out these candles. Through the darkness of the house, Mitchell continued his search for the keys, relying mostly on feel now. Kelly walked beside him, squeezing his arm tightly so as not to lose him in the blackness. She was too frightened to assist in the search. Neither could see the tears flowing down each other's face. He racked his brain trying to recall where he had left his keys. Eventually, Mitchell gave up and slumped to the floor, leaning against the kitchen wall for support. We won't find them without light, he said. They would need to wait until daybreak. Together they sat, leaned against the wall of the silent beach house. Their clothes were heavy from the dried blood of the woman they had carried, her lifeless body still at their doorstep. Mitchell sat up as a thought occurred to him. What if the keys are outside, he whispered. You are not going outside, Kelly whispered back. I could have dropped them outside, or maybe left them in the car. No, she cried, her eyes welling at the thought of her boyfriend leaving her alone in the house. You're gonna stay right here, Mitchell told her. You are not gonna leave this spot. I'm gonna go out real quick and look. Kelly tried to pull him back by his sleeve as he stood. He stepped slowly, consciously trying to calm his breathing. He could feel his forehead thick from sweat. Every occasional step gave off a weak crack in the floor which he felt vibrate through his foot. He felt his heartbeat as he maneuvered through the empty house. Slowly he approached the front door. Broken glass still lay at the side where he had broken in earlier. The stained glass window pane allowed dull light from the stars to shine through the front door. The thick glass distorted any visibility from the outside. He looked through it before opening the door. Below, he could see the blurred shape of the dead stranger through the glass, still laying where she had passed. 
He reached his hand to the doorknob and froze. As his eyes moved from the doorstep towards his car, he noticed something. Though the image was warped, he saw a dark silhouette, which appeared to be atop his car. Was there a person standing on the roof of his car? The adrenaline drove his heart towards the point of exploding. He was too scared to move. Is that a person? Something clearly was on top of his car. Slowly, he lowered himself to the floor, hoping nobody could see into the dark house. He slowly crawled back through the darkness and into the kitchen. We have to run, Mitchell whispered firmly. He held his girlfriend by the shoulders in the same way she had with him earlier. If we can get to the road, he was cut off by his girlfriend's gasp. Her eyes were trained on the sliding glass door in the back of the house. From the back deck, an aged man with silver hair and a sunken face looked back at them. As the image registered with Mitchell, the man waved and smiled. Two loud knocks pounded at the front door. Within moments, they were in the house. Three men stood in front of the couple. Poor lighting shaded out their facial features. Each had various lengths of unkept hair hanging down their face. The air inside the house smelt of unbathed filth. Well, go ahead. Get some light in here, said the largest man with a raspy voice. He handed Mitchell one of the candles from atop the kitchen counter. Go ahead. With a trembling hand, Mitchell fumbled through his pants pocket for his lighter. After a few flicks, he was able to sustain a small flame and light the candle. How about one for your lady? The man continued, handing Kelly a candle for herself. The dim lighting from both candles gave each of them enough light to see the faces around them. The large man, with a raspy voice, had the longest beard. He looked down with a gentle smile, revealing a row of crooked yellow teeth. Both of the others were also overgrown in the face. Each man's clothes appeared ragged and unwashed. Why don't you two stand up? so I could get a look at you," the big man said. Both Mitchell and Kelly remained still. Aw, oh, they're nervous, the big man said with an amused smile as he turned towards the others. My dad owns this place, and he's going to come looking for us, Mitchell shouted with a wavering voice. A gentle smile spread across the big man's face. In the faint light, he slowly crouched onto his knees to reach eye level with the cowering couple. He reached out and ruffled Mitchell's hair in the same way his grandfather used to when he was a child. Oh, son, the big man said. This here's your daddy's place? Mitchell couldn't respond. The big man leaned in close a foul odor emanating from his repulsive mouth. 
You are really gonna wish you never told me that. His eyes were inches from Mitchell's as he spoke. I want to see the girl, the skinniest man of the group called out. She may be a little too young for you, Bugs, the big man said, smiling, his eyes fixed on Mitchell's. It was at this moment that Mitchell reacted. Suddenly, he swung his candle into the side of the large man's head. Small fragments of glass exploded across the man's face as the already weak lighting reduced by half. Go, Mitchell yelled to his girlfriend. Shocked by the suddenness of Mitchell's actions, Kelly took a moment to kick herself into gear. The two strangers standing behind the large man were momentarily stunned as well. Go, now, Mitchell yelled again. Mitchell pushed his girlfriend in the direction of the slightly ajar sliding glass door. In the back of her mind, she could hear the scramble of moving bodies behind her. She could feel her boyfriend's hand on the small of her back, guiding her forward. She could feel her long strides blow through the groceries that lay spilt across the floor. Then finally, her outstretched hand felt the cold glass of the door as she slid it all the way open. A blast of night air blew her hair back as she led the way. She sprinted across the wooden deck and leapt over the railing. As her body hit the cool grass below, she felt the wind knocked from her lungs. She could still feel movement behind her. Without stopping her momentum, she rolled onto her feet. After a quick stagger, she regained her balance. She turned her head briefly as she sprinted, startled to now see that Mitchell was not behind her. It felt like needles piercing her lungs as she heaved. Her legs felt weak and her clothes were soaked with sweat. She did not know how far she had run, but she knew she needed to keep moving. She ran through the unlandscaped marsh, traveling parallel with the ocean. Various plants and bushes were grabbing at her ankles along the way. The beach they had had to themselves earlier was far behind now. To her left, the looming hills and their dense forest were outlined in starlight. Somewhere in the darkness below the hills was the highway which had brought them here. With no breath remaining in her lungs, Kelly fell to her knees to catch her wind. Tears and vomit flowed from her face as she gasped for breath. She was alone. What happened to Mitchell? As she leaned over to catch her breath, she heard the unmistakable sound of a vehicle in the far distance. She needed to get to this vehicle. Forcing herself to her feet, she sprinted over the uneven ground in the direction of the Black Hills. She threw herself back to her feet after each stumble she took. The approaching roar of the car's engine grew in volume as she neared the roadway. Soon, flickering headlights broke through the darkness ahead of her. She was close to the road, but she didn't know if she would make it before the car passed. The winding highway was close. She came within reach of the roadside railing when the car zipped past, unaware of the girl desperate for help. 
Kelly vaulted over the railing, again losing her balance as she rolled onto the road, which glowed red from the car's taillights. Wait, she screamed, thrusting herself back to her feet. She waved both hands over her head frantically. Wait! Before turning the corner, the car's brakes squeezed as it urged to a stop. It had seen her. Kelly's eyes again began to water. She staggered towards the stopped car, with tears pouring down her face. She made it. But then she stopped in her tracks, as she recognized the vehicle ahead, steam rising from the tailpipe of the idled car. Slowly, her boyfriend's car began driving in reverse, towards the terrified girl. A light fog drifted past the recognizable license plate as it neared. With no fight remaining in her body, Kelly's legs went numb as she fell to the road, now knowing that it was all over, was all over, was all over.